Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Looking forward to Mobile Tech 2022. Sheldon, what can you tell us all about it? Well, uh, we're back at the Rosen Shingle Creek. That's where we're in 2020. That was the most successful Mobile Tech Expo we've ever had in the 21 years. So really looking forward to that. Um, you know, it's been a while since a lot of us got to see each other. So we're really looking forward to, you know, having some welcome back parties, lots of hands-on education, and just a really great, you know, three days, January 27th through 29th, uh, Orlando at the Rosen Shingle Creek. And where do people go to sign up? Registration is open at mobiletechexpo.com. As always, you can use code PINTS, P-I-N-T-S, to save 15% off uh, your expo or uh, education day pass. That's awesome. All right, community, go now. Register today at mobiletechexpo.com and use discount code PINTS for 15% off. Sheldon, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me on Instagram at HyperCleanMarshall. Best place to connect, though, is HyperClean Specialist on Facebook, or send me a text, 918-800-1188. This is the Community Pub, and I am drinking the Blue Moon Moonhaze. I have not had it until just the other day. Uh, I've only known Blue Moon as like that traditional, right? I mean, just good wheat beer and uh, a little Bavarian to it. Fresh off Oktoberfest. Anybody else been to Oktoberfest? No? Well, I had fun. I had a blast. Glad that uh, Nick was able to take care of us last week. And we uh, continued the pub last week. The big announcement that's been coming out for the community is uh, the Community Pub will be again at Mobile Tech Expo 2022 as uh, everybody walks out of uh, the podcast on the stage again. They will walk out to the Community Pub, which had started as a pint night. So uh, we'll walk out to all drink beers together and enjoy some community. And uh, so it's it's fun to see as the community continues to grow and push forward as the, uh, well, as most influential products and influential podcast in the car care industry. So guys, what's everybody drinking tonight? Brandon, are you sipping on anything? Yeah, I got uh, that lock brewery that I lock city brewery. I like made a blood orange seltzer and I'm not a seltzer person, but I got to try it. And then I'm also <laughs> sipping on some Jones Cola. Jones oh I haven't had a Jones Cola in forever yeah I saw saw one so I had to get it huh what flavor Mar was it? this is berry lemonade oh. it's pretty good all right good deal Dustin Marty, what about yeah. you man you sipping on anything uh yeah man so I just finished my uh my bush light and now I am on to the uh dogfish brewery pumpkin ale so you know, I was talking to that about Derek the other day. I haven't seen as many pumpkin ales this year. 
I, I mean, typically we're flooded with them. And the big brand that I've always drank is Shipyard. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Last time I was at the, uh, at the store, I didn't see a whole lot neither. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you there, but this one's decent. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but uh, it, I can deal with it. Uh, good deal. Mike, are you a beer drinker? No, I'm not. But I am drinking um, Bombay Sapphire with a splash of tonic. <laughs> I got sick on beer. Oh, before most of you were born. Holy crap. Um, in 1976, when I went to airborne training school. And um, I literally have never been able to develop a taste for beer since that, Marty, that was that three, two beer mm -hmm. um, that they had down South in the seventies. And I got sick on it and I puked and yeah, I, even this summer I tried, um, what were you drinking this summer? Because I had a, I, I oh, asked my kids seltzer beer. I asked my kids, give me one of these seltzer beers. And I took one sip on it and I thought I was going to puke. <laughs> but uh, I tried, you know. Hey, you did what you did. Yeah. Uh, were you were you cleaning cars in the 70s? No, I was cleaning. Um, I was I graduated high school in 75, went in the army, came out in 79. And, um, when I was younger in my younger years, my father made me clean his car. I started with the interior and then he would allow me to wash it. Um, I worked for a farmer up the street and I constantly was cleaning the tractors. Came out in 79, went to work as a carpenter's apprentice in 80. And I worked for a guy that every Monday morning, he would walk around my truck and carefully inspect it. I used my out money. Back then, they gave you so much money to get out, but give them a six-year inactive um, commitment. They gave you five grand. So I gave that to him. And so I had five grand and I bought myself a GMC half ton, two wheel drive pickup truck. And the guy I worked for, if Monday morning, it wasn't spotless inside and out, he sent me home. Mm. Yeah. So, so what was it? So I was going to ask, I mean, so what that would have been what then in uh, the early eighties then? That was 1980. Yeah. yeah. So what was, what was cleaning cars like back then? Like what would, what would you use? What was the, I, so just so you know, I, you were right. It was before my time. I was born in 78. Uh, right. So uh, it, it, for me, my introduction is my dad, he had a, a, a Thunderbird. I think the reason why I eventually got into car washing, owning a car wash and why I became fascinated with it was my earliest memory of cars and dad was driving down to the gas station on a Saturday morning and going through the car wash. 
you know, I'm mean, that's just what we did. And we'd go through that right. little automatic and run it through and it was great for what we knew, you know, I mean, we didn't. Know yeah. That. I mean, we didn't have them in our area at that time. Um, we had the quarter car washes with the pressure washers. Um, when I was a kid growing up, washing the vehicle was um, whatever dish soap my mother had. Um, and interiors were 409 and Windex. Yeah, 409 was rough on cars. Oh, yeah. in the 80s man uh, yeah well that's what you said hey yeah so 70s, if i would ever clean was... the we, we ended up getting this like big conversion van and if i ever i remember sometimes we ever spilled something or something we'd have to go out and clean and that's what yeah. mom always had and gave us was 409 that stuff yeah was 409 rough. yeah 409 and then um simonite my dad had a 69 galaxy all the way till 75 when I went in the army and um, it, it was simonized wax twice a year once in the spring once in the fall and I mean to tell you boy that was some tough stuff if you did too big a panel mm. that was that was some tough stuff to get off you know yeah. I learned really quick you know that do a door and that's it and get it off you know um and then after the army, it was still, it was whatever dish soap we had. Um, and so, then so over I, the years, let me ask this, because uh, I know Dustin, he raised his hand. He had a question. So I'll get to you real quick, Dustin. But let me ask this, Mike, real quick, because I, I, I've, I've loved this question over the past years of the podcast uh, is what have you found to be the greatest innovation in car care? Like, one right it could be the da polisher it could be microfiber some people have said you know diminishing abrasives i mean there's all kinds of things that people have thrown out in your experience what's what's been the greatest innovation uh as you've been cleaning cars you know you know i i really have to say people are gonna think i'm whacked out um Wow. Well, they might have clicked rinseless wash. Now. I don't know. Rinseless <laughs> wash. Rinseless Let's wash. rewind and cut that part out. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry for the dead air. Rinseless wash. It's all good. It's all good. As far as I'm concerned, rinseless wash. I like it, Mike. I like I, it. I, as You're far right. As that I'm is concerned. a massive innovation. You're right. Yeah. So yeah, explain I, it. Why? Why? It's it works <laughs> and it doesn't leave a residue and it's high tech and I'm in construction. All right. So I'm 64. I'm in my 42nd year of construction by trade. I'm a carpenter by profession. I'm, I, I happen to have a degree in construction management that I got in the early eighties at Ohio state. And, um, you know, Rinseless wash is just, it's just such a pleasure. You know, even though I live in the Northeast and I deal with salt and snow, um, the Tornador um, helps me a tremendous amount. Um, 
I wash cars in my shop all winter long and we get 120, 30 inches of snow a year. Well, um, I think Brandon has really enjoyed getting into rinseless washing. I mean, that's, so that's cool. I yeah, Brandon, really, aren't you over really in awesome Syracuse? That that. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to ask you where you're located. So you I'm sound pretty close. Yeah, so we have a, we have a, 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 a yearly contest on who has more snow. You usually win. Um, I'm in Rochester. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not, you're like an hour away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're an hour apart. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I figured out how to make rinseless wash work. Um, inspired by Ivan um, LaCroix. And I figured out how to make it work and really get a, really get a vehicle clean. And I used it on the interiors. Um, also that's my, you know, primary go-to on my interiors, that and steam. I like to dry clean everything. Um, but you know, with, I mean, I can make a car shiny. You ever with, use rinseless wash on the interior of glass? Yeah. It works pretty well, good. Yeah. So my go-to, my go-to Brandon right now is rinseless wash on the interior of glass, wipe it down really good, and then slick. Slick on the inside of the windows makes all the difference in the world. Well, Mike, have you used Eco One? I've not yet, I've not yet used Eco One. I will. I mean, I wasn't going to, I really wasn't going to say anything until you said that. And I go, well, then you got to use Eco One. There's no reason to put slick back on. Like you're in, you, you got slick when you're putting it on. Right. On, so. I will order some soon. Yeah. I believe you just came out with that formula. I will order some soon. Yeah. Nick's been Nick Nick's been after me to get some. So I uh, will order it soon. He should be. I know Brandon started to enjoy it. And Brandon, uh, you know, big announcement this week, huh? Yeah, Brandon is now uh he's he's come on board as a, as a distributor. And uh, he's going to, his big order went out this week and he's going to start moving product up there. So nice. congratulations, man. We're excited for all your steps. Thank you. Yeah. Brandon, I will order from you if you want. Yeah. Whatever. Just to help you. Let's, um, let's hook up and um, I'll make my orders right to you. I normally send them to Marty. Marty's bailed me out of several screw ups. Um, but I'll send them over to you and you know, you're, you're just down the road. So, you know, Wow, oh, cool community. Nice community. Though Brandon, one thing that Dallas star on your forehead. <laughs> I, I know, I know, man, it should be a Buffalo. I know. Uh, I was, when I was really young, I used to go to the Buffalo games when they yeah. lost three Super Bowls. I know. To, and uh, my whole family's Bills fans, and they would scream at me. The fans would throw hot dogs at me, and I was like seven years old. I, I, I'm used to it. Everybody here hates them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Dustin, what's your question, man? Anyways, so uh, it's funny. Um, Mike, I, you must have been on another podcast because uh, I'm kind of familiar with your story. Uh, I was actually listening to it the other day. Um, so that is very interesting, but, uh, Marty kind of asked a question that, you know, I probably would have approached you with, um, you know, what's the, what's the 
the biggest thing that you've seen uh, change in our industry over the years, uh, being that you're an old school guy. So I always like to hear from guys like you who have been around, you know, 10, 20 years, uh, just to see the change and where the industry's uh, gone and uh, maybe where you think it's going to go in the next 10 years. That's a great question. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm not, I, I've been on Dan Williams. I've been on Alex's podcast. Alex and I met in a kind of interesting way, Alex Russell. Um, I've been on his podcast a few times. You know, my story is pretty much this. I was a carpenter for 20 some odd years in 2000. I moved, you know, I was in my mid forties and I decided, okay, it's time to make the move. I was, I had been in business for several years. I made a pile of money. I decided I'm going to take that money. I'm going to put it into my kid's education. I'm going to put it into my retirement and I'm going to sell my, sell my business assets because I made a mistake and you young guys hear the mistake I made. My, the name of my company was Hein, my last name, construction company. I had nothing to sell but my name. So that did me no good. So I sold my equipment off, took all my money, put it away, made some good investments, and went into senior management in 2000. Um, in 2000. 16, I had a C5 Corvette that I wanted it detailed my way. I wanted it perfect because it was my, it was my baby. Um, it didn't see my winners. So what I did is I went to YouTube University <laughs> and I learned how to cut, finish, polish in YouTube with probably I probably went through 15 hoods um, learning that before I even attempted my Corvette. Attempted my Corvette, and when I completed my Corvette, I got that shot of dopamine that I got when I was a carpenter, that I built something with my hands, and I just felt spectacular. I went in the house. I told my wife, um, I'm going to take that three-car garage and I'm going to turn it into a full-fledged detail shop. I'm going to get you a shed for your gardening equipment and that's going to be what I'm going to build to retire into. Um, I did the vet. I sold the vet for eight grand more than I paid for it and I haven't looked back. I've been building a side, my side gig is detailing. Um, Again, you know, when I was a kid, I had a body shop guy teach me how to use a rotary. And oh my God, I mean, you're talking 1974 before I went in the army and I'm using this 9,000 pound rotary with this big, ugly, dirty, filthy wool pad on it. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's, there's no doubt, like those were, those were insanely large. Uh, <laughs> I know yeah. Dave has used them. Brandon's used them. They're, oh, oh, yeah. they were, that nap on them was so long. They get so dirty. Ugh. 
And, and I would you, agree. But, I would agree. Mike, all the all the polishes and compounds and liquids, as they call them, that we have are really great innovations. But man, I'll tell you, rinseless wash, especially in my area, it's the go-to. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't learn how to use that. You're not going to make money. You, cool. You're just. Where you're not do you think? I thought the, the 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 question that I liked that Dustin had was, and this is uh, let's throw it around the room and then I'll come back to you, uh, Dave. I'd be curious to know for you where do you think the next what'd you say, Dustin? Ten years? Five years? Yeah. Uh, where do you guys think the industry is going to end up in the next ten years? Ten years. Uh, yeah. There you go, Dave. I what mean, do you think? Uh, I see things getting so easy to use that I fear the industry's not going to even exist. I, I think we're going to have to get pretty creative and find them ways to, uh, to do things. It, it's a little crazy and scary right now with the, the climate and the things that are happening, but uh, things just get easier and easier. And the longer I'm around, the more I hear people talk about you know, like like the uh, for instance, the the, the coated cars without polishing, it's being a profitable market. You know, and I can see that in my area because my area is it's not it's hard to sell ceramic coatings here. But I, I honestly listening to these guys kick these thoughts back and forth about you know bringing a car in, just alcohol wiping it, put a coating on it, charge two fifty, three hundred bucks, send it, do them all day long if you can get them. You know, Amen. I see that. I see that being a, a an absolute here where I'm at in Central Pennsylvania, because nobody wants to spend money. And now, you know, with inflation coming, everybody I talk to, not just in this industry but in other industries, you know, they, they somebody can't. Everybody that I talk to can't get something from the supply chain, so things are just. Uh, they're just screwy right now. So I, I don't really know where it's heading, but but I think it's it's getting so tailored to the do-it-yourselfers that there's not going to be a huge opportunity for professionals. But, you know, I'm, I, I've, I've been grinding the self-employed thing for the last 15 years, and I've, I've evolved as I went along. So I'll find something to grind. Yeah. Dave, I I understand, and I, I can I can feel you right like i i'm one of those guys though that as you've been on man you, you've heard me I, since 2017 i've been pushing that you don't need to do these big long full corrections and all these multi-layers and do all this big stuff like the volume where the industry will end up where the the money's going to be is going to be in one steps and one two three year coatings and yeah if you got a customer that likes their paint likes what they see wash decon wipe and apply the coating because it's ultimately yeah it's it's the customer and and i i feel your rub on that though man i i do like there there is a bit of that that takes away from the very nicheness of the industry of being artistries and what we do right now i think there's always going to be some opportunity for the more in-depth jobs 
you know, like like this this recent car I've been working on this '57 Chevy. You know, it, it's been something. I'll probably have forty some hours in that, and I worked maybe two, three, four hours at a, at a time. So I'm still not finished with it. But um, there's always going to be the people that have enough money to have cars that go to a show and cars that need to be perfect. But, you know, I like the idea. I mean, it's not a rub on me. I mean, it doesn't rub me the wrong way at all with, with these quick coatings. My friend, Bill York, you know, Bill, he, he uh, introduced me to you, basically told me about pints of polishing, but I never gave that any thought until I started listening to your podcast. And Alex and Dave Fermani's been talking a lot about that. I think I could sell coatings with no not touch a buffer, and I could sell them all day long. And I'm honestly considering doing it. So what's the what's? I'm just curious, right? What, what would be the holdup? Well, the holdup for me right now is I, I just kind of I just got over a pulmonary embolism and blood clots in no my worries. legs. Okay, one hundred percent. Then I want I. I generally, when I ask that question, I'll get a, which we've talked about, right? Like we could go back through it through the pub, right? You know, well, what if somebody sees it, you know, or what if, right? So that's why I was curious is, you know, what's your reason? But yours, yours has, yours has yeah. a lot of things too. Like, I get right. it. No, I don't know. I got over that, that what if somebody else sees it thing several years ago, you know, because it, it just, you know, one time a guy told me, Dave, take and write all your fears on a piece of paper, make a long list, call me in two weeks and tell me how many of those things came true. And, and I did that. Not one of them came true. You know, it, I honestly don't care what anybody else thinks about me as a detailer, as far as other detailers go. I don't care about that. And if I'm selling that low priced, quick service, that's exactly what it's marketed as, you know? So, but, you know, at the same time, I have enough. I, I've got discs just loaded and loaded and loaded with photographs of before and afters and the really high-end work that I've done over the, over the years. And, you know, I've been, I've been with, worked with different companies, beta polishing, beta testing products and stuff. I mean, there, there's, certain owners of those companies. I mean, I could call on those guys as references if I ever ran into somebody that had something really yeah. special. So, I mean, you got, reference. You I got mean, some I'm, tools in the back pocket in case you really ever had to get to the point. I get it. Yeah, so yeah. I don't see a reason why you can't do both. A high-end yeah. service, a middle-of-the-road, and, and a rock-bottom price service. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking at 51 years old with some health issues, man, that, that, that one-year coding without touching a buffer, that's pretty appealing to me. Yeah. Uh, I got off the phone this afternoon with a, a guy named Dave. <laughs> Funny. But he's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And um, he, he's he been applying a couple of them. And, you know, the, the interesting part as he's begun to start that journey is, well, then he talks to so-and-so in Atlanta. And uh, the guy in Atlanta gets 1500 and he does all this, you know, work on it, does all the correction, puts on multi-layers and does all this stuff. And it's like, okay, I, I get it. 
you know, I mean, 1500 bucks does sound really amazing. You know, if, if we're used to getting 50 to hundred bucks to clean a car to 250 to do a detail, 1500 bucks is very alluring. I think that's been the big, you know, the big carrot dangling over us in the industry over the past years, right? Was, you know, Hey, there was a moment and there was, and we said it over and over. It's the best time ever to be a detailer. You may never get this chance ever again. Anybody that doubts go back and listen to 17, 18, 19. I mean, that's, that's, we preached it nonstop was <laughs> you'll never get this chance again. And, and we're now starting to see, you know, exactly like what you said and, and, and what the other Dave and Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge said was, Hey, I mean, you can get it maybe, <laughs> but it's so much harder now. And why, why would you go that direction? I'm not, this isn't really to you, Dave. It's just in, in general theory. Why would you go in a direction that's so hard to achieve and you know, Everybody keeps talking about the market or, you know, inflation. We can see gas prices again. This is what's interesting about having you and Mike on. I, I've been through a couple downturns, right? I mean, eight, nine, and 10 was a big, a big massive downturn. But I know you guys have been through more, you know, over the past literally decades and decades. Like, there's a trend, right? Inflation goes up. You got these issues. Um, then you have normally there's always a gas price increase, which we're starting to see again. That's a common trend that always goes into your bottom line. The most interesting thing though, that we're going to have to start navigating through, which Dave is what you talked about. I think the most interesting part about this new economic downturn is going to be, how do you go about handling products when somebody tells you they're completely out and they have no idea when they're going to get more back in, how, how do you get containers when they don't know when they're going to get containers back in? You know, there's literally, and this is, it's, it's, we, we were on a phone call and I've said it a couple of times over the past couple of episodes, we are on a phone call about a week and a half ago and, and really tried to dive into breaking down. Okay. Well, when do what we see, right? Because we see on Facebook, we see on Instagram, we see these cargo ships sitting out in the bays, right? We hear of all these problems and, and there's this like overlooming doom that's supposedly going to happen. But when does shit hit the fan, right? You know, when does it actually begin to affect us? And just what we're hearing is that most people are now in the reserves. Most companies that have been growing over the past decades that are, you know, suppliers of, listen, there's just, there's, there's people that make all kinds of things, right? And there's people that make all kinds of things for all kinds of different brands. And there's people that do, it's just, it's the way our industry is. And most of those people keep a reserve and now they're in that reserve. And they don't know when they're going to get some of the stuff in. One of the things is caustics. You've got caustic shortages. You've got uh, solvent shortages. You've got silicone shortages. But the shortage is not that they're out like we've heard in the car industry with chips, but just that they're, 
in the reserves. So when everything comes across and it finally gets through the port, you know, do those reserves get back? You know, that's where we, we don't know. Right. And then is there going to be another shortage after that where, you know, they start going into reserve? We don't know. You know, what is 22? What does 23 look like? That's the biggest thing that we're all going to have to hurdle. In my opinion, we, we can all know how to navigate through downturns of finances, right? There's plenty of people around that have gone through that and we can walk through as a community to know how to, you know, invest what we're doing or work through Dave, like you're saying, and maybe we, we, we change our program to, you know, start offering more entry level one year, two year find ways to make money. We can do that. The interesting part is going to be when there's a, oh, well, you, you, you can't get that anymore. That's going to be the most interesting part. And, and that's coming from me as also being in that same boat right there with you guys, right? I mean, it's community. I think, I think most people are starting to really go, oh, right? Like, We've had, a, a, there's a, a local guy that I'm good friends with that follows communities, big fan, Barney, right? Like he, we have conversations on a regular basis and he's in a, he handles a complete different part and does all this different stuff, but we share a mutual agreement that we like to share information back and forth together and out of respect for each other. And the stuff that he says is just, it's, it really is mind blowing of what could happen. So I don't know where we go, Dustin. That's a great, it's a really great question. I, I, that's the biggest hurdle I think as the industry, I, I think that's what everybody will have to figure out, you know, for us here at HyperClean, we've dialed stuff in so precise and, you know, honestly, I'm, I've got off the phone with a couple of people and they, you know, they, they told me they could see me smile through the phone line. I've waited for moments like this. You, you don't create um, an ultra concentrate that gets shipped in a bag that can produce five gallons of product. You don't, you don't do that in hopes of amazing times. You do it in hopes of being able to meet people's needs when they're going to be in a financial difficult situation. And I've talked about this for years. Like I've planned for this. And I, there's part of me and part of the community that I'm really excited that we all get to go through it. And because other people don't have these type of meetings where we all talk through stuff, that's what's so amazing about what we do here as a community is we get to decipher through all this and walk through it together. So I don't know where we go, Dustin, but I'm excited about, uh, we're hyper clean. We're the podcast, Pines Poly podcast, and where uh, the community's going, no doubt. Absolutely, man. Uh, is is that? I know we Brandon just hopped on. What are you drinking? This is a uh, it's called Journey to Planet Pumpkin from UFO hmm. Brewing. Yes, yeah. Dustin, Pretty did good. you hop into pumpkin your pumpkin beer. yet? Uh, I have. I did break into it. I ran out of bush light, so I had to, had to break into it. All right. What, what was what, – I'm going to ask you what you taste, and I'm going to hop back over to Brandon and see what his is like. Uh, 
dude. It just tastes like pumpkin. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, it's but kinda, some have a little bit more spice, right? Uh, you know, some it, are a little weaker on the spice. Some are. What I enjoyed about Shipyard, which I'm really surprised, Shipyard was a big pumpkin brand for years, but I haven't seen them around at all this year. Uh, is theirs had a little hint of sweetness, which I found out is a lactose. Uh, Ship, shipyard is my favorite pumpkin. Yeah. So so good. But I haven't seen it anywhere. I don't yeah, know. and 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 for it like that, that sweetness is like so different from all their other beers. Mm-hmm. Like it's like completely like off the wall for them. I feel like. Well, it's different than all the other pumpkins. Also, nobody yeah. has that exact yeah. flavor. That's why I so find it good. very unique. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know you got into pumpkin ales there, Alex. Yeah, I, I dabbled a little bit here and there. <laughs> Good. We, we want to know, though, were you wearing your knee pads while you were dabbling? <laughs> <laughs> because we know Derek was wearing his knee pads this past weekend, and the uh, father-in-law made sure that... Uh... Wait, that was the other way around. The father-in-law was upset. Listen, I'm, I'm very comfortable with my sexuality. But I'm not comfortable enough to wear knee pads. Well, we're going to find out the answer to that question here pretty soon. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Brandon, what do you think of your pumpkin ale? What do you taste? Uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> kind of like uh, what do they call it? those pumpkin rolls or, or logs or whatever, you know, with like the, the, with the cream cheese icing in the middle. And, the you know, it's kind of kind of what it reminds me of. So Where were we really walking good. through? Was it? Oh, so we've had this new fascination with going to Aldi. And I was walking through Aldi this past weekend. I grabbed some more of their beer. I don't, I'm just addicted to their beer now. I, I think it's great. Aldi's got um, a great collection. Yeah. And, but they, I was walking past those pumpkin rolls, like you were talking about. There's like a, like a cake with this icing that's just swirled around it. And I almost grabbed some. I, I really wish I could have. Now you said that, I really wish I had some. What's and my your wife will get you drunk. Do what, Dave? Does Aldi beer get you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't. It takes me a bit to get drunk drunk. I, I got pretty close after Oktoberfest. What was funny is when we got home, I mean, I don't. It really does take me a lot to get drunk. Uh, and usually I'm cut off by then. I, I, I don't like I, it's Yeah. Uh, but I'll get tipsy and I'll get a lot of fun. And when we came home, uh, apparently we had a lot of fun. And, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Derek, uh, we've shared a house together uh, at uh, Mobile Tech. We were talking about Mobile Tech earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. We've shared a few beers that... Uh, said houses but uh before mobile tech comes there's a thing called sema anybody going to sema it's next week yeah no i will be in uh i don't mean i'll be in hawaii actually so i will not be going Uh, i cannot wait to get home i cannot wait to get home i'm leaving tomorrow morning i'm in harrisburg right uh, pennsylvania right now and then uh can't wait to get home. I gotta start packing. So Listen, I'm that guy that wasted a lot of minute. I wanted to say, man, and and I'm glad you kept it tonight. Listen, the hair 
the oh. hair the <laughs> hair was amazing man like uh the photo of the wedding i was like wait who's that guy yeah I and mean, look at you man looking nice and clean and sharp i like it clean the only thing dana's yelling at me is my uh picture head go back like real fast already it's like but they got the nice fade they even did the back of my head like i showed up and everyone's like who's who's that guy yeah really good so where are you going uh in hawaii i not gonna lie dana did most of the planning so i think it's uh the i think we're going to the big island first and then we're flying over to the second one i know we're going to be in kona at one point so i'm definitely gonna be going to the brewery there um we're gonna be doing the uh the doll plantation like it's it's we're doing a lot of stuff she's doing like the the swimming with the man rays like it's gonna be crazy like I'm, i just want to go at this point now all right so that's funny you mentioned kona. You go to, Brandon, i'm gonna let you go to you maui get... you gotta go to the maui brewing company yeah there you go Go for it. That is the, the best go. beer I've ever had in my life. They have us, uh, was it a pineapple manna wheat? Oh, so what? good. Yeah, it is so good. I'm kind of bummed. I could get it here, but it's like 60 bucks for a six pack. Like by the oh, time no. you ship everything. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Ouch. All right, where else should he go? Um, I only went to Maui, so I only know about Maui. I don't know about any of the islands. But if you go to Maui, you can do the, the road to Hana. That's a whole whole day of hiking and looking at waterfalls and stuff. That's always That was a good time. I, th I think we're definitely doing that. Um, I know I always wanted to go and walk on the volcanoes. Of course, none of them are erupting right now, but I just want to go see them. And then um, – we're doing like that ATV excursion where you go through all, on the direct, you get to see where they film Jurassic Park and stuff. And I was just yeah. like, Oh, we're definitely doing that. I told you, I only had like two things I wanted to do. And that guy was like one of them. Yeah. Well, cool. You go see where Jurassic Park was. Yeah. They like, uh, they have like plaques set up and you drive through on ATVs and stuff. And they, you can like look out and see like, this is this scene of the movie and you'll go oh yeah i can see it because the trees and stuff are still the same and i think they filmed a couple of the movies in and i think you, we're gonna go try to do pearl harbor while we're there so we're uh we got a pack but we do have like a week where we're not doing anything i was like i need a week to relax yeah yeah you need to yeah right a little bit just do nothing right just do nothing i just lay there are you typically this is what's interesting in our family my sister and her husband they're a i mean every day's planned and there's so many times I go, listen, I don't want to do a thing. I'm on vacation. Like there, we took a trip to Colorado that sucked during the summer. There's nothing to do. And they were so pissed off and they were bored and they hated it. And I was like, this is the best trip ever. We just drink beer. <laughs> we're in Colorado. You know, we do nothing like let's do nothing. My uh, Dana's very like, she likes to pack as much stuff as we can into stuff. And I think one, we went to San Francisco one year. She was trying to do a bunch of stuff, and that same thing happened at one point. I looked at her and said, Listen, like, I need to take a nap. I just want to relax. Like, we're supposed to be on vacation. Like, I just want to. So I ended up like just sleeping while they went to go do something else. And like, literally, an hour later, she's like, Are you coming? I'm like, No, I just want to relax. Like, we're on vacation. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm with you. All right. Cooking with Nick is on. Good to see you, man. Thank you, homie. What's so, happening? So I shared an Instagram story. We went to Publix and I picked up four things off the shelf. I think I can make a, some kind of Italian dish out of. We got pesto, 
cherry tomatoes, burrata, which is basically fancy mozzarella, and gnocchi. Nice. I'm going to end up throwing everything together, and we'll see what happens. I love it. Yeah, I think she's uh, making lasagna tonight. Ooh, I'm jealous. Yeah. That's what I found was I, I didn't know what was in the, uh, you know, I shared on the Instagram story with you. I didn't know what was in the pot, but apparently that's what it is. So, okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. So, Derek, before we get to your question, I got one question to go out. One question to go out. Um, this is what I'd love some feedback on because. It was an interesting episode this week, and um, we've heard, you know, some very positive, positive feedback of having open dialogue and being able to discuss uh, what's best for the industry as we see it, uh, you know, here at HyperClean. So we'd love to know your guys' thoughts, you know, as, as the episode will get released, I think next week, but it is on the Facebook page of, you know, do you as a detailer and speak openly, talk through it. That's what we want to do. Do you as a detailer find the need to have a warranty a tied with your ceramic coating and the warranty that is backed by an administrator? Is that something that you've found a need for? I've, I've had no issues never having it. And, yeah, uh, and I still, I still, sell $1,500 coatings too, and no warranty. Um, so, I mean, I, I have done where uh, I'll tell, I'll try to come back like within like a, like a month or so to kind of see how the coatings doing. And uh, what I'll usually do is if the, my customer or whatever, if they get an accident or something, a panel has to get repainted or something, I'll usually come back and recoat like like one panel or something, depending on you know, as long as not like half the car. Like, oh, half the car got an accident, and like I'm not coating the whole thing for free, but um, they usually throw me you know, 100, 150 bucks usually, and I'll do something like that. But like I've never had anyone saying like, oh, can I see the warranty paperwork? Can, where do I sign up? And the times that I have, like when I was still when I first I used the CC 105, I gave a customer a warranty card and they never filled it out. So it's like. And then now a couple of these newer companies are starting to do, um, well, it'll show up on your Carfax report. So when they, when you like buy a used car or something like that, it will show up as like a service and it got added on. What I found, Marty, is usually things that have a warranty, there's a reason the warranty is there. You're not buying a good product, you're buying a good warranty, where a lot of great products don't have a great warranty with it. And I usually explain that to my clients and just like, Derek just said, you know, if there is an issue, I'll take care of it. But I, I don't sell any warranties with my stuff. Cool. Mike, Marty, I, raising, yeah. Marty, I watched that podcast. Nick was outstanding. On it. He actually cracked me up. Um, let me let me give you something. Let me throw out something. In 19 in the 70s, my dad is an avionic, was an avionics technician. But he also had a sideline where he worked on TVs. The company he was a subcontractor for to work on TVs had a five-year worry-free warranty. That guy that owned that string, he owned five or six um, appliance, appliance sales places in the Rochester area. He made millions off that five-year worry-free warranty. Um, it's, it's a scam. 
it's it's a total scam. I, uh, Dan Williams, forgive me, but it's a scam. And, you know, I prefer to think that the way Nick was going in that, in that podcast, look, just take care of your customer. You know, I even had my very first Cody, the guy moved from Rochester down to uh, Nashville, Tennessee. He wanted to have his coding checked out. He needed a local detailer. He reached out to me. I put it, I, I put it out in Paint Assassins, sent him up with another detailer. The other detailer came in, gave him a wash. He had to pay for it. He gave him a wash, a clay, and a decon and said, hey, dude, your coding's great. Mike did a great job. Nothing's wrong with it. So there's enough networking within the industry, even if you have somebody move away. What I tell my customers is if you have a problem, I got, I got it. And it was, it was pretty much what Nick was alluding to in that podcast. Um, you take care of your customers. And I, I'm sure Brandon would agree with that. And most of the guys here, you just have to take care of your customers. Cool. Uh, all right. Hope detailing. Uh, thanks for hopping in, man. Uh, what about you? Can you hear us? Maybe. Oh. Um, yeah, I can hear you. Um, what was the question? Uh, yeah, no I problem. Can... Have you found the need uh, when you install a ceramic coating to have a, a warranty that's backed by an administrator? Um, I've never done ceramic uh, before. Uh, I'm a new detailer. Like, I mean, to start my own business, I've been doing almost for four years, actually. Pretty new, new and uh, I live in Toronto, uh, Canada. Uh, maybe I can't speak on the ceramic stuff. I just, I just listen to, listen, uh, listen, uh, your, uh, sorry, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. Uh, we're, we're glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of the community, man. We really appreciate right. it. It's okay that right. you hadn't done a ceramic coating. It's all good. No worries. Yeah. Uh, we, and we hope to be in Canada very soon. Wink, wink. For sure. We've got some For stuff sure. coming, so uh, maybe you'll get it. Maybe you'll get to get started very soon. So, but thanks so okay. much, man, for hopping on. Um, love to chat again sometime. So you know, please hop okay. on every time. We start seven thirty central uh, every Wednesday. Okay. I know I've okay. seen you here for a couple minutes, but I just now got a chance to uh, come over and say hi. Um, thanks for hopping on, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm, I actually uh, listen to the podcast on uh, uh, on Apple podcast every time um, I follow you guys. And it's really amazing. And I really appreciate the things you guys do on the podcast. And that's it's a beautiful thing. I'm happy to, to join you guys for the first time. Thanks, man. And that yeah. means a lot. It really does. Thank you. Community, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Dustin, what about you? Uh, yeah, so in my opinion, uh, I don't even I don't have a huge issue with customers asking about warranties because uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to me backing the product that I install. Um, I, I guess it's a nice thing, uh, you know, just 
kind of like a comfort word to the customer. Hey, yeah, it's got a warranty. But at the end of the day, it's me and my business that's going to back that. Um, because I tell them anytime I install a coating, hey, if you take care of this coating, uh, wash the vehicle properly, it's going to take care of you. Um, you know, I will back this coating for X amount of years. You know, as long as you're not out there washing it with degreaser, you know, all the time and you take care of it, it's going to treat you well. It's going to perform. Uh, but I'll back it for X number of years um, because by the time that you would go through a warranty process uh, to file the claim on all that. And then what's the company going to send you, you know, maybe a bottle of product. I could have just taken care of the issue, recoded the car and been done in the first place anyways. Um, so I think it's a lot of dealership stuff. You know, they're trying to take the, the plan that the dealership uses uh, because how many people actually file warranty claims. Um, so that podcast with, uh, you know, you and Nick and Dan uh, was very interesting. I can see both sides of it. Um, but my opinion is a warranty uh, on a coating. It should just be you, the installer. Uh, you know, take care of your per, your customer, and uh, you know you're putting the faith in that product and the company that makes that product uh, to produce something that's going to last. Uh, so that's why I like your coatings. Um, there's a few other coatings that I like, um, and that's why I will only offer those couple brands. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. Well, Derek, it looks like uh, it is that time. It's time to tab out for the evening. And uh, it's it's a shame. I, I, I just saw Alex hopped off and we didn't get to ask him the question. I know. He was, he was he just saying what he would never wear. <laughs> to know. So, Alex, you're going to have to... Uh, Send us a message and know what your uh, answer to this one is once you listen to it. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of sad to see Alex go. He would. Uh, I'm pretty sure he would just say, "I can't answer. I'm not going to do this one." But uh, now you got to pick one. You can't. You can't say neither. So when you're out detailing, would you rather wear knee pads or a belly shirt every time you got you go out to detail? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mike, uh, there's a bit of a joke around the, the community is uh, Derek likes to wear knee pads while he details. And it's very so practical, I, right? Saves his knees. But I messed up, sat on a few rocks a few times, and I was just like, you know what? It's time, time for some knee pads. I got the nicer looking ones. <laughs> I swear, oh, wait, wait, that's what wait, he's going to do. He's going to bring his knee pads, isn't he? Yes! There he is. See? <laughs> See? <laughs> Listen, I, my knees look terrible. I had to. So, all right, so we got Mike's answer. He uh, he is wearing the knee pads and I'm, not doing a belly I'm shirt. Go, I'm Mike. 60. Nice I'm 64 years old, man. I got, you know, and I have Swiss tracks race stack in my shop. Oh, the okay. the grids. Yeah, so Those so my concrete can breathe underneath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. There ain't no way I'm kneeling on that crap. <laughs> I love it. I love I love it to death. But even when I was on concrete, I warmed. I you know, I was a carpenter before. Yeah, so he was a carpenter, and, yeah. Yeah, you know, I wear my knee pads. Well, you keep your regular shirt then. Nicely done. All right, uh Dave, what about you? Are you wearing a, a cut off Daisy Duke type shirt? 
or are you wearing knee pads? <laughs> I, I, I got to say, there's, there's two things that I have in several locations. One is reading glasses, and the other is knee pads. <laughs> yes. I, I've yes. got a pair in the car. I've got a pair in the shed. I've got a pair in the house. I've got a pair <laughs> in the girlfriend's garage. I'm wearing the knee pads for sure. You know, I, I think sometimes about sending Derek a link to these knee pads. <laughs> yes. they're, they're, they're the most comfortable <laughs> knee pads. And I bought them because of working in handicap bands so it doesn't tear the floors up. They're very non-marring, too, so they're great for detailing. Mm, well, yeah, I'm going with the knee pads. You, Derek, you're off the, on the board. You're three and oh, because I'm including you. Oh, I'm wearing little knee pads. You can't catch If I'm mm -hmm. in a belly shirt, they're going to tell me to leave. Definitely. All right, let's go to Brandon at Shawshank. <laughs> so I think I said before, I was a diesel tech years ago. And I had the mistake of buying knee pads because I, I was taking those 200 pound wheels off of those trucks on my knees. They killed every day. Oh. Um, but Derek's had it easy because I heard a lot worse stuff than I've heard on this podcast about knee pads. So because of that, <laughs> I can never, ever wear knee pads again. <laughs> And I'm definitely rocking that Daisy Duke belly shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. No knee pads for you. I like it. Oh, Rock it. All right, Dustin, what about you, man? Are you throwing on the knee pads or are you doing uh, the, uh, the old twist up shirt? So I can, uh, I, I, can, I can see where Brandon's coming from. I was a diesel tech as well. However, so I did have some knee pads. But anyways, when it comes to the detail inside of things, I've got a shop now, so yeah, it doesn't matter what the people are seeing. I'm in my shop, whatever. If it's hot out, man, I, I'll take that shirt. <laughs> I will take that shirt. <laughs> knee, knee pads aren't real comfortable, but, uh, you know, depending on the temperature, I may just rock the shirt. We might uh -oh. get extra tips. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... God, that is right. Derek, Derek, uh-oh. Oh, it's getting close. All right, see, let's see. go with Nick. What is he going to wear? Are you going to wear the knee pads or are you going to wear... And Derek, to Dave and Derek, I got to say, you uh -oh. won one and you won a long time ago. I bought knee pads for this a long time ago and I made a good investment. 100% all the way with the knee pads. Yes. Mm. All right. All right, well, Derek... I, I guess I guess it's gonna be up to our final final guest who's hopping back oh, in. No. Here oh, we no. go. Here we no. go. All right. Oh, no. Oh, no. How about question, Alex? It's up to you now to decide oh, which way the community's leading. Here we go, Derek. Tab out question, final answer with Alex. All right, Alex. You had when you go all right. You had to pick one. You can't you can't say you can't say I'm not doing either. But if you had to wear either knee pads or a uh, belly shirt when you go out to detail, which one are you picking? Well, can you guys stand by for two minutes? No, you're the final. No, ones. listen, listen. You're gonna like this. <sighs> okay. You're gonna like this. Stand all by right. for two minutes. All right, two minutes. God damn. Oh that's God a long damn. Time. Damn. Everyone, everyone thinks he's getting knee pads, but he's going to come back with the belly shirt. He's probably going to come uh, back in a belly shirt. I think he's probably so. going to come back in a full belly shirt. 
He's going to come back with one of his uniform shirts that's already cut off. Cut off. It's already, it's already cut off. Already for, cut off. Like they used for, to for do. Five. I'm going to go with oh, me, wait, Derek Rice. So we'll, I see something. I see something, but we'll let we'll let Alex be that final, final blow, right? Because right now, you're going knee pads. Yo, put me in, coach. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. His shirt, his uniform shirt is already only about three inches long. You know, what the, you know what the worst part of this is? I didn't cut this just now. Wait, it's been like that? <laughs> was, Dude, Derek, did was, I call it? it was, did I call it or what? I said he's going to come back with a cutoff shirt. I fucking called that. Ready to go. It was for an ex-girlfriend. This was an ex-girlfriend shirt. Sure. sure <laughs> I got pi- I got pictures. Don't worry. I got sure it is. Do you do you wear it? Do you wear it in, in, in like out when you're going out to people's houses occasionally? Like, uh oh, oops. <laughs> What's that? Have you ever? Do you ever accidentally wear it? You put it on in the morning. I, I almost did a couple times. I almost did a couple times. <laughs> he gets in the truck. Well, wait. Because I'll see it fold. I'll see it folded up with the logo, and I'll be like, "Oh, I'll grab it," and then. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that makes it three, three to three. It's tied across the board, huh? Man, you got to put this. You have to put the poll in the Facebook group now or something. Right. We gotta, I, I gotta the, know. the best part is I can wear this on the live and you guys will never know if my outfit is <laughs> you should, that's, that's your new outfit. That's your new outfit. <laughs> you can't tell. <laughs> oh we my just God. need Paul to actually put on a shirt is what we No, need. see, he, Paul, Paul's like, <laughs> just got out of the shower and he puts the camera down. I was like, whoa, Paul, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, guys, thanks so much for a fun night. Uh, Mike, great to meet you face-to-face, and uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll see you at an expo sometime. Maybe uh, Mobile Tech 2022. It'd be great to see you there. So. I'll, I'll be there. I'll definitely I'm, be mobile. I'm coming as long as I can get a good flight. You know, I can get a business class or first class flight, I'll be there. Cool. Look forward to it, Dave, man. Great to see you. Great, uh, great advice earlier. Looking forward to working with you on your uh, – more one year, two year, and just putting on a coating and, and making money, man. Uh, excited about it, Brandon. Great to see you, and excited about our new journey together. What a fun week, man! It's awesome. So pretty excited myself. Thanks. Yeah, Derek, uh, love the hair. Congratulations on uh, wedding 2.0, and enjoy wedding 2.0. Uh, enjoy Hawaii next week. Thank you, man. Sweet. It's gonna be crazy. Dustin, Brandon, man, great to see you, man. Great question earlier. Really appreciate it. Brandon Shawshank, I'll reach out, okay? Yeah, I'll I was wondering uh, what your business is so I could reach out because uh, you're not far away. <laughs> okay, so East End Auto Spa. Um, there's down in the Catskills, there's uh, East End Auto Spa. So try Mike Hines, East End Auto Spa. Hines, H-I-N-E apostrophe S. Yeah, hey, and Mike, uh, we'll Mike, hook Brandon, up. We'll, I'll, just, I'll connect you guys, right? I'll make sure you you guys get connected. No problem. No problem. Appreciate it. Nick, Alex, man. Great to see you guys. Alex, thanks for hopping back in. Great. (laughs) Great in, man. That's awesome. (laughs) Love the shirt. Love the shirt. (laughs) Nick, make sure you post an update on uh, what it finishes out, man. I got you. You know that. 
All right, bro. You guys have a great week. Good night, guys. See you guys. See you guys. Mm-hmm.